Thank you for listening to audio from First Baptist Church of Flora. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.fbcflora.org. So, you know, there's a lot of, uh, we're right in the middle of this Ten Commandment series. We're on commandment number five that we'll get to in just a minute. And, uh, you know, there, there are no coincidences with God. Nothing's coincidental with God. And I think it's, it's uh, so appropriate that here on this 4th of July weekend, and uh, happy 4th of July, everybody. Hope y'all have a good time tomorrow and don't blow yourselves up with fireworks and stuff like that. So, um, but, uh, you know, our nation is, our nation's just in trouble. There's a lot of stuff, and this is not a political thing, and I know there's plenty of political opinions in this room, for sure, and, uh, but uh, this is not, a, it's just, it's just where we are. Our nation is just in a, in a bad place right now, and for a lot of different reasons that we could talk about, there's a whole lot that we could talk about, but one in particular is just the fact that our, that, that our families are in trouble. Families are in trouble in a lot of ways. And just in, uh, in, there's a lot of, of uh, adjectives, I think, that we could use to describe our, the condition of our nation. Um, tumultuous is one that just keeps coming to my mind. That things are just, there's just so much going on right now. Uh, and a lot of talk and a lot of attention that families are getting in our in our society today. You know, the traditional nuclear family of a mom and dad and kids in an SUV or a minivan and, and a dog and, uh, you know, that, that picture of a family that a, a bunch of us have, not everybody, but a lot of folks have that. It's good. It's, it's, it's right. There's a lot to that. And, but but that, that definition of a family has just gotten so, uh, it, it takes so many hits in so many places in our day and age, um, the pattern for a family has changed, uh, or is changing, or people are trying to change it anyway. Uh, you know, the legalization of gay marriage a few years ago has led to a whole lot of stuff. And uh, again, this is not a political thing, this is a biblical thing. And uh, it's led to a whole lot of things and taking us down a path, and taking us right now down a path in our nation that is a, a frightening path for us to be on. And it's just opened the door for so many things. Now you've got, got um, same-sex couples that are adopting kids now. Hey, y'all know that. I don't know. I'm not telling you anything you don't know. But same-sex couples that are adopting kids now. So now you've got same-sex couples imparting their values or their lack of values or their unbiblical values into the impressionable hearts and minds and lives and, uh, of these children. So that's, this, that's what's coming up now. That's where we are now. Um, I saw a video on Instagram this past week, a couple of them. I'll share a couple of them with you. Um, just looking at some of this stuff and thinking about families this week and there was one, well, y'all know that June, we just finished June, and the month of June is Pride Month. I don't know who in the world decided that was going to be. We're going to make that designation. Uh, I don't make that designation, but um, some people do. 
And so it's a big deal, and he gets a lot of airtime, and all the companies and corporations and everybody's got rainbows on everything. Um, by the way, they didn't steal the rainbow. We still got the rainbow. It still, it still it means God's promises to his people. And uh, anyway, there's this video on, on Instagram I was watching, and it was just this guy, this, uh, this guy who was very pro, uh, pro-pride agenda guy interviewing children that were probably six, seven, eight years old and asking them, you know, they're asking children, their opinion, what's your opinion of pride? What's your opinion of pride month? And all these children, it's wonderful, it's wonderful. It's just so, I love doing it, I love and all that. And, and what it means is that uh, this, you know, that, that uh, no matter, you can be whatever you want to be and nobody can tell you and one little girl said, if anybody ever tells me I'm wrong, then, and I was just thinking, wow. The indoctrination, the brainwashing is going on. And then I took a screenshot of one because I wanted to remember exactly what the person said. So there was one I watched, and I, let me be quick to say, I don't watch a lot of these videos for my own enjoyment. It's not like I'm out there watching pride videos because I like doing it. It's because I'm trying to stay on top, and there's no way you can stay on top of it because it changes so much. But there's one I watched of this uh, person that is a, this person that is a drag queen, and so that person has a, a, an Instagram page, and, and in this, on this page, there is this video of a pride parade going on. And so you got this little boy, probably eight years old, walking down, very provocatively, and, I, and I, you just very provocatively walking down the middle of the street. The street is lined with people of all kinds of people. The parade has got all kinds of people and things in it. And the little boy is walking down the middle of the street, walking very provocatively like he's watched all the other things walk in the parade and, and how they're walking and what they're doing. And he's wearing a dress, and he's carrying something, he's waving, and he's walking. And so this is what the, uh, this is what the drag queen person wrote on there. Now pay close attention to these words. Pay close attention to these words. For all of you LGBT out there who wish you had children like I do, these are our children. And they are watching us and learning from us. Be a good example. That's what the drag queen is saying to all the other people in that lifestyle. The children are watching us and learning from us, so be a good example. And I want to tell you something. The children are watching them and learning from them. And so here's the hashtag. The scariest part of this was the hashtag that this drag queen person put on this post. Here's the, here's the hashtag. Hashtag generations to come. They're after my grandkids, Rachel. They're after my boys and my girls. The enemy is after my boys and my girls. And you can stick your head in the sand if you want to, Florida, Mississippi, and say that ain't ever going to happen here, by God. 
These kids have got an iPhone in their pocket. They've got an iPad. They've got a computer. And this is the world that we're living in. Generations to come. They're after your kids and my kids, our grandkids. Generations to come. Satan is that he doesn't. He thinks in generations. So we got a problem. And the Word of God speaks to it. And it speaks to it clearly. And you and I, as Christ followers, can decide, all right, are we gonna are we gonna are we gonna stand here? Are we gonna stay here or are we gonna we're gonna ignore what this says? There's all kinds of problems with the family. Fatherlessness. Some of y'all that went on the youth camps. That's what you saw in those apartments. That's what's down here in these apartments, and not just in the apartments, but everywhere. It's fatherlessness. And it's an epidemic in our society. And it causes children and adolescents to have such uncertainty about their life. They have no mooring. They have no place of stability because the father's out of the house. And it's a huge thing, and it leads to increase, it, it leads to increased poverty, increased likelihood of runaways, increased substance abuse, increased emotional and physical health issues, increased suicide rates, increased dropout rates, increased educational struggles, increased crime rates, and increased illicit sexual activities and teen pregnancy rates. Families need help. There are families in this room today that need help. Help that the church must provide. The church must provide this help. The urgency of our day demands that we do that. I mean, we could stay, I could take this phone and just keep scrolling Instagram, keep scrolling all the social media and everything else, and we'd be furious by the time we walked out of here with all the stuff that's going on against families in our world today. And we live in our wonderful community that I love so much. But the urgency of our day demands that we respond because the love of Christ compels us. The, the, the gospel motivates us to do this. On Wednesday nights, you know, we had 40 people this past Wednesday night. I think you had 22 people last week when I was gone on a mission trip. On Wednesday night for refresh. We ain't doing anything important on Wednesday nights, so though. Don't worry about coming. All we're doing is learning how to share the gospel. So don't worry about coming. That's all we're doing on Wednesday nights is just learning how to share the gospel. We're just training people on how to take this bracelet and go out here outside the walls of this church and go out and go door to door in Florida, Mississippi and tell lost people about Jesus. But that ain't important. Don't worry about it. Families need help. There are people in this community within spitting distance of this church that need help. And the love of Christ compels us. And the gospel motivates us. The word of God instructs us to do this because we have the answer and his name is Jesus. We have the answer. And the gospel is the answer. I know we're all thinking about midterm elections and all that kind of stuff, and everything's going to get better at the midterm elections. Guess what? There'll be another election, and it'll go another direction again at the next election because that's not the answer. 
Their answer is the gospel. The answer is the word of God. The answer is found in Jesus Christ alone. And we must know him and we must make him known. We must preach him. We must show him. We must stand on the truth of his word and live it out in our personal lives in every day, in our homes every day, in our church every day, not just at youth camp for one week, not just on a mission trip for one week, not just during revival for one week, not just in one worship service on one day of the week on Sunday. It's every moment of every day the gospel must motivate us and change our lives. It's all about Jesus and it's no coincidence that right in the middle of the Ten Commandments we've got this commandment. The first four commandments deal with our vertical relationship, our relationship with God. Thou shalt have no other gods before me and all those kinds of things. Remember the Sabbath day, keep it holy, those types of things. And then the, that's the first four. Then the last six deal with our horizontal relationships, relationships with other people. But the cool thing is that number five, which is the first one of the last six, deals with the relationship of sons and daughters to mothers and fathers. Not sons and daughters to fathers and fathers. Not sons and daughters to mothers and mothers. But the relationship of children to their mother and their father. Their father and their mother. This commandment matters to God because the way that you relate to your parents is most likely the way that you're going to relate to God. I, I, I may put her in a in an awkward position, but Maylee gave that very testimony up here just a few minutes ago. She told us that because of her relationship, her lack of relationship with God and her misunderstanding of what God was doing, it caused her, and because her mother's gone now, it caused her to have a difficult relationship with God and even question whether or not God was real and all that kind of stuff. Do you see that your relationship with your parents directly relates to your relationship with God. You mad at your mom and daddy, you mad at your daddy because he's neglected you and because he abused you, well then you most likely are mad at God. You mad at your mama because she never was there for you and all that kind of stuff, you most likely are mad at God. But if you honor your parents, even when they are less than honorable, with all of their faults, and Lord knows all of us parents have got plenty of faults, then you're most likely to honor God. That's why this commandment is so important because it makes obedience to the rest of the commandments so much easier. Because the truth of the matter is, is when you and I learn to genuinely honor our parents, then we're most likely not going to have a problem with murder and theft and adultery. But you choose not to honor your parents you choose not to honor your parents, then you'll mess up so many other areas of your life through disobedience to the other commandments. Now look, I want to tell us adults something. Don't think that this commandment is talking to all... Tell them, Brother John. Tell them kids they're supposed to honor us. Tell them youngins they're supposed to... No, this is not just... You don't see anywhere in that commandment where it says, little ankle biters, make sure that you're honoring your mom and daddy. Little elementary age school, uh, school age kids, make sure you're, you're honoring your mom and daddy. Little toddlers, it says, honor your father and your mother. That's for all of us. 
So Exodus 20, 12, if you want to look at it real quick, we just, let's just read it so we know what we're talking about. You, you probably know this in Exodus 20, 12. Stand up, please, and let, let's read this. And then I got to hurry. Here we go, Exodus 20, 12. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. May God bless the reading of that awesome verse. Let's pray. Help, help us, Lord, hear from you and respond in obedience as your spirit moves and works in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much. So this commandment is clear and concise and easy to understand. It says, honor your father and your mother, period. Period. It does not say Honor them if they are honorable. It does not say honor them if they provided for you. It doesn't say honor them if they never neglected you. It doesn't say honor them if they always treated you just the way you thought they were supposed to treat you. It does not say honor them if they never got divorced. It says honor. It simply and plainly commands us to honor our parents. It doesn't say that you have to like them if, they are, if they've been abusive or neglectful of you, it doesn't say you have to like them. It says you have to honor them. It, it does not say that you have to obey them if they are leading you in a direction that is opposite and contrary to the Word of God. You don't have to obey them if they're telling you to do things and leading you in a direction that's away from the Word of God. But it says you have to honor them. It does not say that you are to imitate them if they're living an ungodly and immoral life. You don't, but you do have to honor them. How, John, what does that mean? The word honor is a Hebrew word that means to be heavy or to be weighty. In other words, what that means is that the basic meaning is that you treat someone with respect because of the heavy weight of responsibility that they are carrying. And I will tell you, as a father, that's a heavy weight of responsibility to carry. And when you honor your parents, you understand they got a tough job. And it ain't easy. And they're not perfect, but they're doing the best that they can most of the time. And you honor them. Sometimes it's a difficult thing to do, but that's what you do. It's interesting. My family, and Rachel's in here, so, but... Uh, my daughter and, and my family's got a family text thread that we, you know, we're, y'all probably do too. And we, sometimes we text stupid videos. I texted one of some woman burping last night to the family and stuff like that. You know, we text all kinds of stuff to each other in the family. But then every now and then it, it shifts and gets serious, you know. And this past week it was interesting to, that all of a sudden, and Vicky and I didn't have anything to do this, with this, all of a sudden our kids started talking in the text thread about the heaviness and the weight, the weightiness of being parents. All three of my children are parents now. My youngest son, Russ, has got a six-month-old six all the way up to Reese and Allison. We've got a high school graduate, and Rachel's in the middle with John Anderson and Cameron, and we've got seven of them, and it's in, it was so interesting for Vicki and me just to sit back and let our kids start talking about what we've been trying to tell them, and that is that it is a, it is a heavy weight of responsibility to have children. And that's what it means to honor. God is clearly commanding us to honor our parents. So the application is that honoring our parents is a lifelong responsibility. That means it's all of us. So let's talk about this thing real quick. How do we do this? Number one, give them the place that they deserve. Give them the place that they deserve. Honor your father and your mother. I just want to throw this in there. It's interesting and significant that the Hebrew 
that God said, honor your father and your mother, because in that culture, Old Testament culture, women were not seen as, as important. They were, they were uh, uh, seen in a very uh, negative way. They were not always held in high regard. So it was very significant that God said to them and to us, but specifically to them in that context, you honor your father and your mother. Give them the place that they deserve, a place of prominence. They're important. Give them an important place in your life. Give them, it's a place of respect. Many of us have had the privilege and the blessing of having parents that were great people and are great people of integrity and love the Lord and are committed to the Lord. My father and my mother, mom is still with us. She's the only one of our four parents, Vicki and me, She's the only one of our four that are sti- that's still alive. But we both, Vicki and I both had the privilege of having great parents that loved God and loved, uh, loved us. And even my, my daddy passed away in December of 2016. And, and when I did his funeral, I knew long before I, I did my daddy's funeral that there was going to be one word that would be the focal point of that message that day when I preached my daddy's funeral. And there was going to be one word. And I knew it years before I did that funeral, and the word was integrity. Integrity. If you ever wanted to meet a man of integrity, you should have met Vern Daniels. Man, he was such a man of integrity. The way he lived his life, the way he loved my mama, the way he raised us three boys, the way he conducted his businesses, State Farm Insurance Agent. He was the epitome of the good neighbor State Farm Insurance Agent. Not just because that's what the slogan was, because that's who my daddy was. He was a man of integrity and served the Lord in his church faithfully his entire. So we, so a lot of us were privileged to have that. And when we say give them respect, you go, man, that, that ain't no problem for me. But some of you didn't have that and don't have that now. Your parents are abusive and neglectful and they've, give, they've brought a lot of pain to your life and it's difficult for you to show them and give them that place of respect. But here's what you do and what we all must do is respect the position of parents. And for some of you, you need to show some love and forgiveness to your parents. Give them a place of value. You can't, have a, you can't put a price tag on how important it is to have those parents in your life. Talk about Talk to the kids, talk to the men and women that are in prison right now because they didn't have fathers. Guarantee you that the vast majority of people that are sitting in prisons all over our, our country are people that didn't have fathers. Give them that place, give them the obedience they require. Give them the obedience where clearly the Bible commands that children are to obey their parents. Paul said it in Ephesians 6.1, children obey your parents, it's the right thing to do. He said it in Colossians 3.20, children obey your parents for it pleases the Lord. So obeying our parents is the right thing to do. It pleases the Lord and it simply makes for a better life. It just makes for a better life. You honor and obey your parents, you're going to have less uh, conflict inwardly and outwardly. You honor and obey your parents, you're going to have inner peace instead of inner turmoil. You honor and obey your parents, you're going to have have less damaging hang-ups from your past. Uh, You you honor and obey your parents, there's a great possibility that your family's going to stay intact. And that, in turn, strengthens you, strengthens your family, and strengthens the entire society that we live in. And that obedience continues into our adult lives, by the way. 
It continues in our, there's nothing in the Bible that says stop obeying your parents. So even in our adult lives, we're always under the command to honor and as much as we can as far as possible to obey our parents. Give them that obedience. Give them the care that they need. Give them the care they need. Matthew Henry was a commentator from days gone by, and he said this, honoring parents includes this, endeavoring in everything to be the comfort of your parents, to make their old age easy to them, maintaining them if they stand in need of support. Some of you are there. Some of you are taking care of aging parents. Or you've been that caregiver. You know it's difficult. You know it's hard. You know it, it demands a lot of time and sacrifice and things like that. And yet it is exactly what we must do if we're going to honor our parents. Give them the care that they need. I read this little fable about this very thing. Once upon a time, a young couple with a son was forced to take in the husband's aging father. The young wife, being a modern sort, didn't like the idea, but she agreed to it for her husband's sake. She told the old man, we eat at such and such a time. If you want to eat, you better be at that table when the meal is served. The first old man came right on time, but eventually he came late. And to teach him a lesson, the young wife had the old man eat in a corner by himself. More time passed, and the old man began having trouble with his food. He couldn't seem to properly handle a knife and fork. After enduring the situation as long as she could, the young wife, in exasperation, had her husband buy a feeding trough, the kind you use to feed pigs. Now then, she said, you're going to eat like a pig, you're going to have a trough like a pig. Everything, everything seemed to go well for a few weeks until one day when the young couple couldn't find their four-year-old son. Bam, bam, bam came the noise from the shed behind the house. Walking to the door of the shed, she discovered the young boy busily nailing boards together. What are you doing, sweetheart? asked the young wife. Oh, said the boy, I'm making a trough for you when you get old. You know what? We've, it's hard. It's hard. It causes disruptions in our lives. Our way of life is altered sometimes when we have aging parents. But we must not miss the privilege and the opportunity that is ours when our aging parents need the care that we can provide for them. What a privilege to honor them in that way. Which leads to the final point. Give them the love they want. Give them the love they want. I saw a social media post this past week that said this. Your parents are your parents. I don't care if they call you five times a day with the same story. Listen. Because one day, you're going to want to hear their voice. Anybody know what that's talking about? I want to have as few regrets as possible. When mama passes away, I don't know when that's going to be. Mama's still kicking like a chicken, man. She's still doing good. I mean, she's, she's not as high as she used to, but she's still hanging in there. We're all going up there this next Saturday for a big family get-together. My daddy's birthday is July the 10th, so that we've set that aside that weekend or as, as kind of our time to be together as a family. So we're going to be up there Saturday, all of us. I want to do my best to keep honoring her and respecting her and loving her and caring for her. 
You know, I, when Daddy passed away in December 2016, I wanted to have as few regrets as possible, and it was hard. Uh, most of you know, many of you know that Daddy battled Alzheimer's in the last couple of years of his life were horrendous. Last year and a half, the last year, the last months were unbelievable. But when that time came for Daddy, I didn't want to have regrets. I didn't want to wish I had said something that I didn't say. I didn't want to wish that I had been there when I had chosen not to go. So I'd go. Not all the time, not as, probably not as much as I should. And I'm not patting myself on the back, I'm just making a point here. I'd go. Go see him when he didn't know who I was. Talk to him when he would never talk back to me. Hold his hand while the nurses would come in and do things to him that no 79-year-old man should have done to him. And hold his hand. Tell him it was going to be okay. And it was. It is. And I don't want to have regrets. And the only way you can't have regrets is to try to love them the way that they want to be loved. And the way they should be loved. And some of you, your parents are gone. And it's difficult now. And you do have regrets. And I'll get to that in just a second when I wrap this sermon up. But how do we give them the love that they need and they want? You go to the Bible. And you just do what the Bible says. And Paul said it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 13, he said, love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It doesn't boast. It's not arrogant. It's not rude. It does not insist on its own way. That's a tough one. Love is not irritable. Love does not resent having to go see him and in the hospital and the nursing home and have them in your home and taking care of them and changing diapers and love doesn't resent that. Love does not rejoice at wrongdoing but rejoices with the truth. It bears all things. It believes all things. It hopes all things. It endures all things because love never bottom line is that we honor God when we obey this commandment and honor our parents so here are some takeaways for you number one no matter how old you're no matter how old you are if your parents are still alive you better make sure that you are taking deliberate steps to honor them for some of us that's easy already said that our parents are loving compassionate Concerned, committed Christians who love us, love the Lord, and it's easy for us to do that. For others of you, it's more difficult, and this is hard, and you're going, John, you have no clue what you're talking about. I know what the Word of God says. And it says you honor them, and you love them, and you forgive them, and you grant them grace, and you do your best to try to reconcile if you can. Next thing is this. 
For those of us who are parents in here, listen to this. Let's make it easy for our kids to obey this commandment. You understand what I'm talking about? The Word of God tells our children, obey, honor us. Well, then live a life that makes it easy for them to honor you. In other words, live for the Lord. If you don't know Jesus, come to Christ today and be saved. If you do know Jesus, but you ain't living for Him, then get it right today. Where your kids can say, I'm going to honor my daddy. It's so much easier for me to honor my daddy. It's so much easier now for me to honor my mama because she loves the Lord. And she loves me. So let's make it easy for our kids to obey this commandment by making a commitment today that we're going to honor Christ with our lives. And then finally, if you and most likely some do, as I do, have some regrets in your life about the way that you have not honored your parents. And even if they're gone now, which makes this even more difficult, I want to tell you today, God's grace is extended to you. And you can come today and you can be restored in your walk with Him and you can experience His grace and His mercy and His forgiveness and He can restore you today if you're holding on to those regrets. I know they're painful. I know it hurts. But God deals with those things today because He loves you so much if you'll come to Him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, will you help us today? Lord, to do what it is you're calling us to do, Father, to honor you by honoring our parents and whatever that means for us today, Lord. I know what it means for me today. I know what you've said to me about this, about my relationship with my elderly mama. God, I know what that means for me. And so, God, I pray that you'll help me to live that out for the rest of her life, the rest of my life, as long as we can. Help me to do that, Lord. Father, help us today, God. Those that need to come to salvation today, they'll come to be saved today. Those that are dealing with regrets and pain, that they'll come today and receive your grace and your mercy that only you can give. Help us today, Lord, to obey you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.